We are in Deuteronomy chapter 7. I say imprecatory. Uh, it's about wiping out uh, whole civilizations, things like that. But I think I can explain it in such a way, uh, not explain it away, and no apologies for the word of God, of course. But um, I, I will explain things that normally don't get explained, especially by the critics. And like all good studies of Deuteronomy chapter 7, I would ask you at this time to open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6. No good study of Deuteronomy 7 starts anywhere else. Okay, Ephesians 6. And could I trouble you to actually turn there? I want you to see the words in print because I allude to it sometimes. I want you to see and I want them to like imprint on your thought, in your, on your, in your eyes, in your memory banks. And I want you to uh, understand something, okay? I'm not going to pull a fast one on you. Uh, we're going to talk about wiping out Hivites and Jebusites, and this, this part of Scripture uh, is easily, readily attacked by Bible critics. I'm going to explain to you what it's all about. Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, in, in chapter uh, 6, verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong and in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Adam, you don't really believe in a literal devil. <laughs> I absolutely do. Uh, I don't know that I've met him personally because I think I've, he's got bigger fish to fry than me. But I've certainly met his teammates, okay? I've certainly had brushes with them. When? Uh, daily. Daily, certainly. Um, and I want to put on the whole armor of God so I'm able to stand against his wild. He's wily. Okay? You should know that. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. In 1 John, we're told that the whole world is asleep in the lap of the wicked one. Here it says that there are spiritual wickednesses in high places. Wherefore, take unto the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore. And it goes and explains the different pieces of the armor, how they're employed, and how they're able to make us stand. We can't derail our study in Deuteronomy, but I just want to bring to your attention, a fight is not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. Are we called to be Christian soldiers? Absolutely. And when we lose our militancy, we lose. When we lose sight of the function of the church. Remember the first time Jesus mentioned, I'll build my church? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He's talking in militaristic terms. And he has drafted us into his army. Say, I'm not an army type. This war, you either fight and win or you just get wiped out. I'm sorry. Those are the rules. I'm a peaceable man. But Satan won't leave me alone. That's how it works. Now, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, 
We're talking about Deuteronomy, possessing our possessions, about the promised land that God has brought us into. He's promised and he delights. We have a God who delights in promising and keeping his promises. And he wants us to possess our possessions. He's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Do you feel that way? Why not? He's given us everything. There's nothing, as we check the list, we can tick all the boxes. There's nothing that he hasn't given us for total, absolute victory. Are we living victorious Christian lives? <laughs> Very often not. Why? We're, we're wrestling against principalities poorly. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land where thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou, and when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show them mercy, uh, show, nor show mercy unto them. Wow! What is God having a bad hair day? No, 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 no. Four hundred years ago, he said to Abraham, "Your descendants are going to go down in Egypt, and they're going to be there for four hundred years." Because he's in the promised land, he says, "But you're going down to Egypt." I'll bring you back. I'll bring your descendants back. But the sin of the Amorite is not yet full. In other words, not yet completed. I'm giving them from this time 400 years to repent. Did they? Uh, not so as you'd notice. People criticize God, but I always think, what do you know about God? Well, he's wiping out these innocent... innocent it, innocent okay go to a lot I can't even discuss Amorites Hittites so I can't even discuss that in polite society the debased the the awful the horrific sins child sacrifice you worship Moloch you're killing a child you're sacrificing your child to Moloch uh, in Canaan they buried children alive in their walls of their house when they built the house this is Child sacrifice was a big, big thing in these civilizations. That's a, I, I can hardly get my mind around that. But there's wickedness beyond that. There's depravity and sin sickness beyond that. When God says, I've had it with this civilization, I'm, I'm scrubbing them, they're all done. What does that tell you about a holy, a merciful, a loving a good, a just, heavenly Father. What does that tell you? He's looking and saying, there's no redemption here. There's nothing I can redeem. There's nothing I can save. There's nothing I can rescue. Think about uh, Joshua and Jericho. Go around seven times, the seventh day, go around, you know, on the seventh, seventh day, go around seven times, 13 times around a city, Right? Blow the trumpet, shout, walls will fall down. Go in, kill everyone, do not spare anyone. Wow, God, are you like heavy-handed? No, no, I don't see. No. Well, there is one. She's a prostitute. She lives on the wall. Her name, 
is in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, by the way. Is that an amazing thing about the graciousness of God? There's one prostitute lives there. I can save her. She's got faith. Everything else? Listen, when there's a rabid dog in the neighborhood, you all saw Kill a Mockingbird, right? You know when Atticus takes, takes the rifle because the sheriff's not a good shot, and he takes the, and his glass is getting away, he throws him on the ground. You remember that, right? And he shoots the rabid dog. And you're like, oh, because it's a dog. We don't like seeing dogs. Don't worry, I don't think any dog was hurt in the shooting of that movie, okay? But we, but we, 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 we don't want to see dogs kill. But when they're rabid, there's no, there's no coming back. Well, let's, let's have them eat a couple, three, four, five of our children. We, you know, we don't want to kill, we don't be puppy killers. There's nothing, there's nothing that can be done. Well, God, because he's wise, wiser than you and wiser than me, and he looks and he said, I've got to put this society down. There's nothing that can be done. There's no redemption. Let God be God. You're going into the promised land, wipe them out. Now, there's a gene pool problem. Genesis chapter 6, they're not all human, as we would say, okay? There's a gene pool problem. There's, you have to read Genesis 6. The book of Enoch is very telling. I know it's not a Bible book, but you can download it off the net for no dollars, no money at all. You can read it, and it will be very instructive to you. Uh, there were people who weren't quite people, and all the depravity and the wickedness and the sin sickness that went with that. And God said, okay, scrub it, let's start from zero. Just, uh, just saying. God's not uh, crazy, insane. Hey, by, by the way, by, by the way, have you found him to be that way? Because I found him to be my loving Heavenly Father. He says, Adam, your sins and your iniquities I will remember no more. I'll take your sin and I'll remove it as far as the east is from the west. Uh, I I know a God who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Because he looked at me like Rahab the harlot. He can look at me and say, "Ah, redemption. Redemption can happen in this heart. And God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I hear this all the time. Listen, you hear this all the time. I hear this all the time. Oh, I can't believe a God who would send anyone to hell. Oh, he, he's not willing that they should perish. But he's giving you free will. You want to choose hell? Don't blame him. I, I, I see this all the time. Listen, I, I've experienced life for a long time. People drinking, people drugging, people having wild sex with a multiplicity of partners. They come up with a venereal disease, maybe a debilitating one, maybe one that takes their life. I can't believe God let this happen. Now he said, don't do that. Don't, don't drink to excess. Don't take crazy drugs. Don't be sleeping around with every. Don't do these things. And then we do them and we look at God and say, how could you let this happen? That's kind of silly, right? These are people who are beyond... When he says, show no mercy unto them, he's talking about his own heart. I'm, it, they went too far. There's no, there's no bringing them back at this point. Because if he could, he would. And again, uh, exhibit A, 
Rahab the harlot, who, by the way, is David the king's great-great-grandmother, who, by the way, is Jesus Christ's great-great-great, many great-grandfather, is a prostitute in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Don't talk to me about, how, about God's grace and God's mercy. Don't you, don't you come around here saying, oh, he's not gracious, he's not merciful, because I just laugh at you. That's, that's ridiculous from the outset. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. People say, look at God's racist, God's separatist. No, no, no. No, 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 no. You're racist, and you're projecting onto God your racism. I've seen it. I've, I've had discussions with these people. Oh, look at God. He's, oh, he doesn't let, want, want people intermarry. No, no. Stop it. Stop it. If you live in deepest, darkest Africa in a mud hut in, where you've never seen a white man before, okay, you're in a primitive condition. Is there a biblical prohibition against you marrying someone who lives in an igloo, an Inuit Indian from Nome, Alaska, who lives in an igloo. Is there any biblical prohibition against that? No. I don't know how you'll meet. I don't know where you're going to live. But there's nothing in the Bible that says a black person can't marry a white person or an Asian person can't marry a Hispanic person or a, uh, a, an Aboriginal person or a First Nations person or any other group of people that you want to put together. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that biblically. There's no prohibition against age difference. Uh, if you want to marry somebody who's a 10 or 20 or 30 or 80 years older or younger than you, now common sense, we're not going to marry a three-year-old, okay? We, there are some, we, we get that, okay? But God doesn't care about any of that stuff. We make a big deal about it. Oh, oh, my granddaughter's, uh, she's going out with this African-American guy. Oh, and I want grandchildren to look like me. Why should they look like you? You don't look that special. I, I don't understand any of that racism. I, I, I'm sorry, I hate that. I hate, I hate. But don't blame God. God's saying, uh, can we marry somebody of a different race? Of course we can. Can we marry someone of a different religion, a different faith, a different faith practice? Of course not. And the Bible says, Old Testament and New Testament. Don't you do that. Don't be unequally yoked together. I can show you a hundred people who are married, a believer married to a non-believer, and wish it wasn't that way. Me, me and Susan were married happily, and they lived happily ever after. Imagine if I'm saved and she's not. Just imagine I'm not. There was a time, a short time, when I was saved and she wasn't. It was very hard. It wasn't a long time, but it was very, very difficult because we were walking in different directions. We couldn't walk together. We didn't agree. And it was very tough. Well, she got saved, and praise God. I know a lot of people who are married out of their faith. And we're not talking about an Anglican marrying a Lutheran. We're talking about a non-Christian marrying a Christian. Now, when we got married... We, two non-Christians married, and there's no Bible prohibition against that. But then I got saved. So what am I going to do? She was content to live with me. I couldn't divorce her. Didn't want to divorce her, of course. And then she got saved, and yay. Imagine if we had all this time being unequally yoked. What a hard, 
unhappy. I'm on my way to heaven. Jesus has saved me. He's given me eternal. He's adopted me into his forever family. She's going to hell. And I'm constantly, well, honey, will you come to church with me? Will you get saved? We ask Jesus in the heart. And she's like, ay, ay, ay. What is this guy? A morning, noon, and night. What am I, I going to do? Hey, go to hell. I don't care. Of course I want her to be in heaven with me. But I, I know, like I say, I know 100 couples are in this situation. And it's a lot better for a single pe- person to wish, I wish I was married, than for a married person who's unequally yoked to think, oh, I wish I was single. This is hell on earth, living this existence. Don't do it. Why? 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 For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods, so will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. Say, why? Why? God sounds like a real jealous God. Yes! <laughs> no apologies. Yes! And imagine, again, just me and Sue's unequally yoked. Just imagine. It's not that way. She loves the Lord. She loves the Lord more than I love the Lord. But just use your sanctified imagination. Now we have boys. And I want to drag them off to church on Sunday. She wants to drag them off fishing. Honey, I got to take the boys. And the boys are like, we don't want to go to church. We want to go fishing. Well, they end up serving other gods. They usually do. And he's mixed. I don't care who the, if the, the, the guy's the saved one or the woman's the saved one. They usually find the path of least resistance. They get the parent on their side who's not buying in. And I, I've, seen, I've only seen it like for 40 years worth of couples. And God's saying, they will... Look at what, what this was. They will turn away the sun after following me, that they may serve other gods. Solomon had 700 wives. Was that a good idea? No, the Bible prohibits that. And he had 300 concubines beside. Dude, what is your problem? Well, I know what your problem is. Besides the fact that you're a pervert, you think that there's joy in that, but, there's, but of course there's not. One, he had 1,000 mother-in-laws. Think that all the way through. Uh, can you imagine such a thing? And God said, don't you do it. Don't you do it. Solomon, he's the smartest guy I've ever lived. Way smarter than me. In a way, not so smart. Don't you do it. It'll, you'll tur- they'll turn your hearts from your God. Did they? We know the story of Solomon. We know how it ended up very sad. He was David, the man after God's own heart. He was his son. And he ended up in false worship. depraved, wicked. But thus shall you deal with them. You shall destroy their altars, break down their images, and cut down their groves, and burn their grave images with fire. Why? Because God says, among other things, I don't want child sacrifice. It never came, in one scripture said, it never even came in my mind. I've never commanded anyone to do that. So if, if somebody's involved in that, what are they, what's that telling you? They're worshiping a false god. The true god says, oh, no, 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 you don't sacrifice children. You sacrifice your life for your children. Any mom and dad, even outside the church, could tell you that until you lose your mind in these false... And then you've got to think, well, I've got to get a leg up on a competition. I'm going to sacrifice my son, my daughter, to Molech. I don't even want to talk about that. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy, uh, thy God, the Lord. Uh, the God, and 
Thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all the earth that are upon the face of the earth. What does it holy mean? Because a lot of people think it means sanctimonious. I don't be holy. Ugh, sounds like no fun at all. Holy means set aside for God's purpose. That's all. Like me. God, I'm yours. No holds barred. You have purchased me and I am yours and happy to be your servant. You're a holy people unto the Lord. The Lord hath chosen to be a special people unto himself. Verse 7, the Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people. You were the fewest of all people, but because the Lord loved you. We have a God who loves us. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Does God love us? Oh my goodness, so much that he gave us his son. That's crazy. We, don't, we can't even get our mind around love like that. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand, redeemed you from the house of bondmen, and from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God's brought us out of our Egypt, from our bondage to serve him. There's no freedom serving him. It's the only freedom. When you live under Pharaoh, you work seven days a week. You make bricks. You, you are whipped. You're, 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 there's no freedom. That's what... Egypt is a picture of sin, drudgery, just same old, same old, drugs, sex, rebellion, pornography, bitterness, uh, fear, the, the whole gamut. And God says, hey, I'll free you from all that. He's a good God. You know that. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keepeth commandments to a thousand generations and repayeth them that hate them to their face to destroy them. He will not slack to him that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Wherefore it shall come to uh, pass, if ye hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swore unto thy fathers. We don't want to hear what God has to say. We want to do what God has to say. I should put it this way. We don't want to hear only. It's, that's no good. Get saved. Ask Jesus Christ to come in your heart be your Savior. I heard you. <laughs> Are you going to do it? No, no, of course not. That's the point, right? Hearing doesn't, uh, we don't get a heavenly home because we heard the message. We get a heavenly home because we did receive the message. Uh, we, we were obedient to the message, I should put it that way. And verse 13, he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb, the fruit of thy land, thy corn, thy wine, thine oil, the increase of thine kind, the flocks of thy sheep, and the land which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. The Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. Why is it that way? Why can't he just, let, let me live my life and you go ahead and bless me. Wait, what? No, 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 no. It's not, it's not like, 
I want to say this, but I don't want to thread this needle in such a way that nobody can gainsay. I'll give you an obvious one. Adultery is not wrong because God says it's wrong. Adultery is wrong intrinsically. And God knows it and tells us, hey, don't live your life that way. Don't, live, don't do your marriage that way. If God didn't tell me it was wrong, my wife certainly would. And she would point out to me the absolute, no, no, you crossed the line that, no, no. And God says, hey, I know how, I invented marriage, I know how it works. Your wife has to be, your spouse has to be number one priority in your life. Even above your children, which are very, okay, look, God, spouse, children. If you get that order mixed up, you're going to mess up. God, spouse, children. When I have my my, uh, heavenly relationship going right, my wife is the first beneficiary of that. When me and God are at loggerheads, because I'm being a knucklehead, my wife is the first one to suffer the consequences of that. But me and God, we get it going on. So I'm treating my wife like the queen of the universe, and we're, we're doing okay. Treat the kids that way. Show the kids that kids are a priority over your marriage. Well, I just showed them how to have an unhappy marriage. We don't want to do that. And besides, they're gone. People do that all the time. They, they, they're all about the kids. They're all about the kids. They're all about the kids. The kids get up, uh, grow up, move out, and they look at each other like, who are you? Because we didn't maintain. We didn't do anything to fuel our marriage. To, to, and, and now we're like, and you know how many, uh, a lot of couples divorce after, after kids leave because they didn't know how to get married successfully. They didn't know how to have kids. They didn't know how to do family, but they didn't know how to do marriage. No, that's the priority. That's the way we're supposed to live life. And then we're supposed to love our kids. And the Bible has a lot to say about the way we're supposed to bring up our kids. We do it God's way, and it works. Family works. Marriage works. Parenthood works. The whole thing works when we do it God's way. God says, listen, I invented life. I invented marriage. I invented childhood, parenthood. I invented the whole thing. Do it this way, and it will go very well for you. And I will bless. Uh, I told you before. Born-again Christians live an average of 10 years longer than everybody else. And I think it would be longer if we lived better lives. Uh, I mean, more consistently Christian lives. You say, well, why is that? That's unfair. No, it's not. We're just living the way God said to live. You can't live against the way God told us to live successfully for a long time. It just doesn't work that way. I don't care what God says. I'm going to drink. I'm going to smoke. I'm going to worry incessantly. I don't have a God to lean on, so I'm going to have to uh, fear and worry and have all kinds of anxiety. I can't cast my care upon him because he doesn't care for me because he doesn't exist. And I'm going to have a long life. Good luck. Good luck. It doesn't work that way. God says, here, this is how life works. I don't hate you. I love you. I want to bless you. Do it this way. And we think if he's some big cosmic killjoy up in the sky waiting for us to mess up, he's going to rain all over us. No, no, no. I want to bless you. I want to bless your flocks. I want to bless your herds. I want to bless. Look at what, look at what he's saying. Uh, I, I love you. I'll bless you. I'll multiply you. I'll bless the fruit of your womb. Ta-da! Kids, what's the first commandment? Be fruitful, multiply. I'll bless. I'll bless that. I'll bless, I'll bless the fruit of thy land, thy corn, thy wine, thy oil, the increase of thine kind. That's, that's cattle. And the flocks of thy sheep. I want to give you. I want to bless you. I want to 
pour out a blessing on you that you won't even be able to receive it. I'm a loving heavenly father, he says. Listen, are you a dad? Do you want to bless your kids? You don't love your kids nearly as much as God loves his kids. And he wants, and he's got the wherewithal to bless. Let's do it his way. He hates us. No, no, he loves us. And he wants us to live life according to his principle. I don't, I don't care to do marriage his way. I'm going to be a selfish jerk. I'm, I'm going to tell her and use her like a drudge, and she's going to wait on me hand and foot, and I'm going to give her a script and say, read this, this is what I want you to be, and I'm going to have a happy marriage. <laughs> it's not going to work that way. It couldn't. It wouldn't. And then, again, we get divorced, and we say, oh, what did, what, oh, so. Uh, God says, listen, I'll show you a happy marriage. Here it is. It's all outlined scripture. I can bring all the verses together, and, and sometimes we do. We take our, our ones who are going to be married, we take them through uh, pre-marriage class because we're not born knowing how to get married well because we're basically selfish, and it's all about us. And whew, marriage is brutal on a selfish jerk. I would know. <laughs> I would know that. I, I'm talking about before. I'm... I, I'm I might be a selfish jerk, but I'm less selfish and I'm less jerky. And I'm going in the right direction. Suze will attest to that. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. Thou shalt not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. Wow. Thank you, Lord. The Lord will take away from thee all sicknesses and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee. Do we, should we get that... Uh, that uh, uh, should our young girls get that shot? That, what's that, that shot that stops from getting, uh, what is it? Gardasil. And so you can't get HPV? We should give our kids that, right? Well, that would be one thing. Go ahead, have sex, be promiscuous. We don't care because now you've got your protection. Or how about this? Wait till you're married. Sex is wonderful. Let's do it God's way. That's a present you should open up on your wedding night. You're ridiculous. Oh, no, 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 no. We see that. We, we, I don't, we see that. We expect that. Does that work? Oh, yeah. Still, in, in 2022, the problem is not everyone's doing it. God's standards didn't change. It's not that it doesn't work. It's that he's got a wonderful plan that not many people work it. That's the whole thing. Well, I got to know if we're sexually compatible. Um, you are, you will be. You'll figure it out together. You'll grow together. God's got a wonderful plan. Does he hate us? No. Don't sleep with a bunch of different people. That's not, oh, you're just going to leave a, tr- a, a, a ruined lives in a swath of destruction. The biggest problem in America right now, as far as I can see, a fatherless households where the majority of children in America go to bed without two parents living in the home. That's catastrophic. Heck of a good idea. Let's do it God's way. Just a thought. Just a thought. I'll bless that, he says. Um, Mom with all her boyfriends, some of them are crazy. The kids are at risk. God's saying, yeah, I don't, I'm not blessing that. I can't. 
I've said this before, and I know I sound like a broken record. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a liar. I'm going to be a thief. I'm not going to live a life God's way. Please bless me. I can't. I, I want to bless you. Do it my way, and I'll pour a blessing on you. Do it your way, and it's not going to go as well. Okay. Um, don't worship the other gods. You know what happened? They're going to turn away back to verse 4, thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. Does that happen? Yeah, all the time. I've seen 40 years of it. It's easy for God to, if uh, you get off, you're worshiping God, you're loving God, you're serving God. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this. Somebody start out right and then not finish up so good. Have you seen this? Yeah, I can think of a million examples. Uh, people are sick one week. Sick, don't come here. You don't want to spread that. That's good. I mean that you're home. And next week you got to work. And the next week, something else comes up. Now, you're, as far as I'm concerned, you're backslidden. Now, it's easy. You, you miss two weeks, three weeks in a row. Now, it's easy not to go to church. You're any port in a storm. And then I see him in church. I'll see him in Martins. I'll see him in the store. And I'll see him at Five Guys. Or, you know, hey, how you been? Oh, yeah, I'm going to come back to church. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm messed up. And I, uh, but I'm going to be back at church. I don't say nothing. Because... You know me, I'm not like that. Well, I'll say it all here, what I have to say. I'm going to teach the Bible. But I don't walk around. I'm not like, I can't believe you're a minister. I don't do like that. I wouldn't even, I'm not even like that, right? But they're all telling me, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be back. back." And four years later, I see them again in McDonald's. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to be, I'm going to be. Didn't you notice four years just passed? It's easy. If I was, if I was Satan, this is, this is easy. When somebody's alone, solitary, they're easy to pick off. They are slow freight. They are an easy target. They are, it's easy peasy. You have to fight through all that and maintain faithfulness. You say, Adam, hello, we're here. I know it. I know it, right? Thanks for being here. Great choice, guys. But that's always the way it is, isn't it? But there are people who listen online. There are people who hear this. Um, any any reason to not serve the Lord any, any little thing I'll let you have, to, you have to fight through all that this world's not a friend to grace it's just not but God's saying listen I'm your loving heavenly father I want to pour out abundant blessing on you I'm going to bless your flocks, your herds, your 401k. I'm going to bless your automobile. I want to bless your house. I want to bless your marriage. I, wanna, I just want to bless you. I just want the best for you because I'm a loving Heavenly Father. When I say Father, listen, one of two things happened. You didn't see Dad done right. I know that we have people here, when I say Father, they cringe. I, I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. I'm not cavalier towards that. I understand that. But you've seen Father done right, right? You watched Father Knows Best in black and white when you were a little kid, right? You, you, you saw, you know, Ward Cleaver and Beaver Cleaver. I mean, you saw your neighbor who loved his kids and treated them like, just doted on them and loved them and blessed You've seen fatherhood done right, even if your dad was Attila the Hun or worse. I'm not indifferent to that. But we know what fatherhood looks like. 
if we enter into that place of parent, you don't even have to be a parent to see this. But when we're a parent, you bring this little squalling six, seven, eight, ten pound bundle of mush home from the, this drooling machine, this crying, like, he won't stop crying. We, you bring this thing home from the hospital and you think, I would die protecting this person from harm. And your life is forever changed because we're a parent. And you're sinful. You're a fallen human being. How much more does God's perfect love is on us? You understand what it is for a father to want to bless his children. So I, I brought Mikey or his brother a present. I'm bringing him home something and I want to bless them. I want to give them something that I saw at the store and I want to I bless them. And I come home and Susan's face is all in the mud. Uh-oh. What? You know what your son did? To, uh, uh. And it's so frustrating. Now I gotta, we got to go behind a woodshed. I got to speak to the boy. I got to lecture him. Maybe a spanking's involved. Maybe, you know, they're older now and, you know, they're past the place where you spanked and maybe you have to ground them or something. And I've got this. I want to bless them. I can't bless them. You know what it's like. And God's saying, I want to. So do you get this? I, wanna, I don't want to beat this into the ground, but I kind of do. I want you to understand something. God's saying, live a life that I can bless. Obedience. Give your life to me. Do the things I'm calling you to do. I'm not a tyrant. I'm your father. I want to bless you. Somebody should say amen there, and I'll move on. Anyway, let's, go, let's keep going. I don't want to, I want to take, uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to take away from thee all sicknesses that will put, and I'll put none of the evil diseases of Egypt where thou knowest upon thee. Uh, I've never had a sexually transmitted disease. And I'm not trying to rub somebody's nose in it if they've lived a life outside of the Lord. I've kind of done, for the most part, lived my life God's way. I got saved when I was 20. Before that, all bets are off, okay, but... I got saved, and I'm living a life. I, I'm not, I don't worry about HIV. Sorry. I don't. Uh, or, or, or any of that. Live life God's way. None of those sicknesses will come. And thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Del- uh, thine eyes shall have no pity upon them, neither shall thou serve their gods, for they will be a snare un- unto thee. Wipe them out. Why? Be merciless against anything that stands between you and God. Don't give it any quarter. Don't selfishness, fear, neglect, anything. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Listen, I'm not asking you to kill Gergeshites. You don't even know, uh, you never met a Gergeshite. This is no you out there slaying Hivites and Jebusites. This is about anything that would drag me away from God. Uh-uh. No haps, no way, no how. That will not stand. I will not allow it. You've got to have that attitude. You've just got to. And that's the takeaway. You think God's calling us to kill tribes of people? There was a time, and I don't want to whitewash that. 
Again, there was a gene pool problem. There was a sin problem. God said, it's, it's, it's a rabid dog of a society. Wipe it out. Now, is that why we're, we're learning this? So we can go out there and we can find people who are sinning and wipe them out? No. We, go, we find people who are sinning, tell them about Jesus Christ, the cure for sin, the Savior of the world, and share Christ with them. But anything that would stand between us and God, rip that ruthlessly out of the way and show it no quarter, no mercy. No. Most of those things are things in my own life. Excuses, laziness, indifference, selfishness. I got to deal with that. I got to deal with that right now. I, listen, listen, I don't hear from now you saying, oh, let's pray for Adam. He's far away. He just isn't backsliding and he, oh God, let's, no. I don't want to shipwreck my faith. I don't want to be an all-so-ran. There's too many of them around. I've seen it happen. I watched this slow motion train wreck. There are people who drink and smoke dope every single day. They get high every single day thinking they got it going on with God. Like we're, me and God, we're less, oh yeah. I don't want to be one of them self-deluded people. If thou shalt say in thy heart, these nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? I have this fear. It's, it's, it's giant. It's monumental. I get bitterness. I can't get over this. Uh, I have a, a thought life that's just run amok. I can't, I can't stop it. I, 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 my tongue and my lips are given to gossip. I love gossip. I love hearing it. I love passing it on. I can't, this is a mountain. I just can't. If thou shalt say in the heart, these nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? Remember, our fight isn't against flesh and blood, Right? Thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shalt well remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto Egypt. He saved us. Pharaoh's not our God anymore. He's not telling us what to do. We don't live in Egypt anymore. Egypt being a picture of the world, we got that, right? That's the old hat, we got that. God saved us from that. I brought you out of Egypt against the greatest military might in the known world at that time to bring you into Canaan so you could get wiped out by Jebusites because that's the kind of God I am. I brought you out, but I can't bring you in. He didn't bring us this far to leave us. He didn't get us out of Egypt so we could get wiped out by fear or bitterness. Somebody should say amen to that. Anyway, look, 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 look. He's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. This isn't a pep talk. This is, this is what the Bible says about our life. We don't have to be victimized by anything. Well, you don't know my upbringing. I know your upbringing is like other people's upbringing. Some people had it worse and they're doing better. Figure it out, first or last. We're all adult children of sinning parents. Some more than others, and I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Well, I, I don't have any daddy dearest, mommy dearest stories, okay? They did good, okay? They weren't perfect. My childhood wasn't perfect. My sin nature is debilitating. 
and God has given me everything pertaining to life and godliness. But let me keep going because I'm going to run out of time here. The great temptations which I saw and the signs and the wonders and the mighty hand that stretched out arm whereby the Lord thy God brought thee out, so shall the Lord thy God do unto all the people of whom thou art afraid. Oh, all these tribes, they're bigger than us, they're stronger than us, they're... Oh, God knew his majority. I don't care what mountain you're facing. I don't care what Jericho you're marching around. I don't care what, is, what giant is standing between you and your possessions, your promised land. God says, yeah, me and you, we got this. Emphasis, me and you, emphasis me. Uh, God speaking, of course, right? Me and God are majority. That's all there is to it. See, the Israelite army over against Goliath and the armies of the Philistines. <gasps> he's nine and a half feet tall. He's going to eat us up. Oh, he's going to be horrible. He's going to be... David's like, who's this unfil- uncircumcised Philistine think he is to defy the armies of the living God? People were looking at this nine and a half foot tall guy and saying, I don't think I want to tangle with him. David's saying, let me and God add him. I'll show him a thing or two. It's just focus. It's just understanding God's promises and applying them to the situation. David's not special. He was no mighty man. He's a little shepherd boy. Was he? 14, 15, 16 years old going against Goliath? I tell you, the God of David still reigns and rules in the affairs of men. You're not to be afraid of them. Over the Lord thy God will send the hornet among them. Until they are not, I'd love to see this. I was the head film of this. This is great. The Lord will send the hornet among them until they are left and hide themselves from thee to be destroyed. I shall not be affrighted at them, for the Lord thy God is among, the, uh, Lord thy God is among you, a mighty God and terrible Terrible to the opposition. The idea is awesome, okay? Hey, God's on your team. Awesome. You should you just, just think of that all the time. What, what's, what's ailing you? What's, what's the problem? What's the situation? What's stopping you from inheriting your promise? God's on our team. I'm your father. Let's do this. That's exciting. It's fearful. Giants are still giants. But God says, yeah, we, me and you, we get Goliath. This ain't nothing but a thing. Goliath, parasites, it's a ham sandwich to me. It ain't nothing. I took you out of Egypt. Remember, big army, the, the, the power of the whole planet? Yeah. He's, he's a mighty God and terrible. And the Lord thy God will put out these nations before thee by little and little. Thou mayest not consume them at once, lest the beasts of the field increase upon thee. Yesterday you got saved. Today you're mighty and awesome and nothing stands against you. No. You know it doesn't work that way. It's little by little. Our growth is what? Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, and we grow in increments. Could you imagine somebody getting saved a week from Tuesday and all of a sudden they're like super saint and they're winning all their battles and just defeating everyone on the chessboard and just their risk and they're wiping out the entire world. They're just in one, just, God doesn't do it that way. Why? One, would you like to be around that person? Oh my goodness, that'd be awful. They'd just be so full of themselves, right? Hubris and look at, oh, how awesome I am. Look at all that God's done through me. And they might even give God a nod of gratitude, but they, they would think it was all them. God doesn't work that way. 
And here he says it's a little by little process. I'm going to wipe them out. The hornets, me, you knew, we got this. But it's, but it's a process, okay? It's a little by little. So our thought life is consumed by lust. For, for instance, just a for instance, but not as much as it used to be. And less and less and less until all of a sudden it's not a thing anymore. I tell you how this works. I talked to a friend of mine about lust, and he said, oh, yeah. And he's all shame-faced and all. I said, so what happens when you have these thoughts? Well, I pray. And I say, Lord, I'm not going to have this thought anymore. I, I, turn, uh, I take all thoughts captive, and I turn them over to you. And, and Lord, this isn't something that I want in my mind. And I say, you're winning. Satan's tempting you. Why are you shame-faced? You're winning. People don't perceive it because what Satan does is he gives us a thought and then he tries to shame us like it's our thought. My thought, I, my mind is given to God. My mind is sanctified. My, 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 my mind is team Jesus. And anything comes in fear, fornication, bitterness, envy, discouragement. That's Satan putting that on me. And I'm like, uh-uh, not here, no way, no how. Do you feel a little bit buoyed by this? A little bit? Because God, he wants to win all the battles. I don't care if it's physical. I don't care if it's financial. I don't care if it's relational. There's no venue in your life that God isn't the Lord of if you let him be. Little by little, though, but the Lord thy God shall deliver thee them unto thee and shall destroy them. Maybe, possibly, could be outside. Chance. No, yeah, I, I will do it. I will absolutely do it. Uh, until they be destroyed, he shall deliver their kings into thy hand. Thou shalt destroy their name uh, from under heaven. There shall uh, no man be able to stand before thee until thou have destroyed them. The graven image of their gods shall ye burn, and fire thou shalt not desire, the silver nor gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared therein, for it is an abomination to the Lord thy God. Neither shall they bring an abomination into thy house, lest uh, thou be a cursed thing like it. And what, you know, back when we rented movies and we brought them in physically into our house, uh, I had a wife who, God bless her, what is this that you are bringing? No, we ain't going to have this. And, I, and she made me a better man way before I'm a Calvary Chapel pastor. As a matter of fact, could I be a Calvary Chapel pastor without being married to Sue's Casper? I was like, I doubt it. I doubt it. Don't bring this into my house. Now we're both of the same mind. But we can download it into the house. But it's the same thing. No, no, no. Not here, not now. Adam, you're such a prude. No, I just, anything that would dull my fervor towards God and it would quench our on-fire relationship, merciless, merciless, merciless. I'm about Jesus Christ and my relationship to him and nothing else is going to get in the way. And that's how God wants it and that's how I want it. Too much is at stake. And I know how Satan is. He gets up. A toehold that turns into a foothold, that turns into a, uh, uh, a handhold, that turns uh, into a stranglehold. And then we're wondering, how did I get here? 
Little by little, we never saw it. We never perceived. We never took the steps that necessary to fight him early on. Our, flesh, our battles and against flesh and blood. Don't bring an abomination to your house, lest thou be accursed like it, but thou shalt utterly detest it. Oh, I do, I do, I do. And thou shalt utterly abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. And it's going to take you away from the Lord. Chapter 8, I got, for, I got six verses, okay? All the commandments which uh, I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord your God uh, which the Lord swear unto your fathers, thou shalt remember all the ways which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee. Wait, what? Humility is part of the process. That's why the little by little. Hubris. I'm awesome. I want to tell you something right now. I am awesome. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm a miserable sinner saved by the grace of God, and I'm ridiculous. And I'm fleshly, and I'm given to sin, and I'm so weak, and I'm so ridiculous, and I'm so... And Satan comes, and he tempts, or one of his henchmen, and he starts whispering in my ear, and it's so easy for me to fall. And I am such a little boy. I am such a little kid. I am so weak. God, help me right now. You have to show up right this minute and help me. I'm going to make a disastrous decision. You've got to be my God. Listen, victory... I can't do it. And knowing you can't do it, and knowing that God has to, this is David. This isn't like, let me at him. I'll show him a thing or two. He, no. He, he understood that this, listen, listen, listen. He's uncircumcised. What does that mean? No covenant. He's he wasn't talking about his intactness. He was saying, this is our land. God promises to us. We're his covenant people. This guy's on covenant. No covenant here. He's a usurper. He doesn't belong here. God, let's go after him. Humble. And when you're humble, you lean in on God. You don't trust in the flesh. You make some decisions, but it's not your power. It's God's power. Forty years to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or not. What did God learn? Nothing. What did we learn? Plenty from our wilderness wanderings. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, uh, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of Lord, the Lord doth man live. I wanted to get to this verse, and that's why I went this far. How are we going to do this, have this victory? Well, you have to know what the Word of God says, little by little, okay? Like your victories will come little by little. I'm going to teach you this, I'm going to show you this, and I want you to apply this to your life, God says. What will happen? Victory. And he, and he tempers the storm to the shorn lamb. He, he doesn't let us get in over our head. He, 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 he doesn't let the big guns of hell come against us until we're ready for the big guns. He, he teaches us. He humbles us. We've got to understand, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I work so I can uh, make money, so I can buy food, so I can live. Honorable. Do that. That's not the whole of your life. If all you've left your children is something that a lawyer can resolve and contest in court, you haven't left them anything. I um, want to set up spiritual posterity for our children our children's children that i think is great success uh, and 
man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God doth man live. Now, verse 4, 5, 6, Thy raiment wax not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these 40 years. Not swelling foot talks about health. And you, you live by manna, but it was enough. You didn't have swollen feet. As a matter of fact, your clothes didn't get old. Your foot didn't swell. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Factor that in, too. Therefore, thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. Now, we're going to end there. I know it's kind of an awkward place. I, I wanted to get to man shall not live by bread alone. Besides, that's questions from the homework based on that. Listen, we got an idea to go, where to go from here? If you need prayer, I'm happy to, to pray. Why don't I, I worship people come and lead us out of here in song? Why don't we stand? I'll give the benediction here. Lord, we want to be people who fear you, serve you, obey you, and then are blessed by you. Lord, bless our socks off. Bless us so much more than we're able to even take in. We know that you love us. We know that you're a loving Heavenly Father. I know, I know, Satan would try to make you some sort of crazy, insane God, but you're insanely jealous over us because you love us so much. You want to be God in our life. I get that. I understand jealousy. Uh, Father, we pray you're not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. You want to pour out blessing on us. You, wanna, you want to do everything for us that we couldn't possibly do for ourselves. And Lord, we want to be your children. We want to do the things you, that, that make your heart glad. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.